Today, Salem is observing the Festival of All Saints, which is transferred from November the 1st to today. And so the gospel reading appointed for this day is taken from the fifth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. In last Sunday's Gospel, as we observed the Festival of the Reformation, we heard the words of Matthew, the 11th chapter. Thus we heard of how the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. In today's Gospel from Matthew, the 5th chapter, we hear of the victory which is given to the children of God, who, though they are meek, are the inheritors of all the earth, and who, though they have suffered persecution, shall be blessed among men. The Lord calls us into the fellowship of his kingdom and blesses us beyond measure. It has always been the nature of this fallen world that the saints of God, in their meekness, have suffered at the hands of those who have rejected the will of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Thus we read in Genesis chapter 4, that when the Lord respected the offering of Abel, Cain was very angry and his countenance fell, and Cain murdered his own brother. Abel had done nothing against his brother. He had only offered up a sacrifice to the Lord, as his father, Adam, had no doubt taught him to do. And Cain, whose sacrifice was unacceptable, rather than repenting of his sin, simply multiplied the transgression and murdered his own flesh and blood. This division over the faith, Cain's rejection of the sacrifice pleasing to the Lord, divided the family of Adam against one another. And the sons of Cain grew in number and influence until only a righteous remnant remained at the time of the flood in the generation of Noah. In faith, our forefathers stood steadfast in the hope established and sustained by the word of the Lord. As we read in Hebrews, the first, chap first chapter, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Meek Abel, whose voice is not heard in the words of Genesis chapter 4, now boldly proclaims the Lord's salvation. In the time when the Lord called his people from their captivity in Egypt, the Lord blessed and sustained them. For many years they wandered, having been delivered by the Lord from their slavery in Egypt. 
And still the people so often spoke against Moses, against the word of God, and rebelled against the Lord in thought and word and deed. Still the Lord preserved his remnant among the tribes, and brought them to the promised land. And in the fullness of time, the Lord's promise to his people was fulfilled in that place, with the birth and ministry of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Today we hear a portion of our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. Jesus stood upon the mount and taught his disciples. The disciples, in turn, brought the word of the Lord to God's people, so that through the word preached, the Holy Spirit would convert the hearts of men to faith, that they would believe and be saved. The prophetic and apostolic teaching continues to be heard to this day, and will be heard until the end of the world. The portion of the Sermon on the Mount, which is called the Beatitudes, the Blesseds of Matthew chapter 5, is what we hear in today's Gospel. Those who were so described as blessed are not a variety of people. Each sentence describes the same saints of the Lord, but according to a different aspect of their calling. They are poor in spirit. They are those who mourn. They are those who are meek. They are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, are merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, and yet are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Notice this final point first, for it forms a conclusion to that description which begins with poor in spirit. Those who are poor in spirit are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and they are described as follows, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We live at a time in our nation's history when a great many Christians are gravely concerned when they consider the state of our civilization. So much that is good has been lost, so much that is evil has been promoted, that the temptation to despair can rise up in the heart very easily. Marriage is mocked, innocent children are aborted, perversity is flaunted, Corruption is often simply taken for granted among those who have been entrusted with authority. Criminals evade just punishment, and love of the word has grown cold in the hearts of many, and dreadful emptiness fills the hearts of countless millions. The enemies of our civilization riot in the cities. They bring lawsuits in our courts. They revile the truth and demand that we assent to their lie. The mass of men live as those who have no hope. For most people today, life is little more than something to be endured. And yet an animalistic fear of death fills the hollow hearts of a lost generation. Fallen human nature seeks after the distractions which the world offers. The shallow emptiness of this time is not something all that foreign to any of us. Empty entertainments, ways of passing time or the dreadful treadmill of laboring more and more for seemingly less and less, has eaten away at the foundations of church and state and home. There was a time when this nation fancied itself as a shining city on a hill, a place blessed by God, a beacon to mankind. There was much that was wrong with this self-perception, but how tragic the shallowness, emptiness, which has taken the place of such an aspiration. The Christian faith is never something which is easy to live out in this fallen world. But much of what is tolerated in our midst today seeks to create an anti-society which positively wars against virtue. When mercy and purity of heart are mocked, 
when the peacemakers are laughed off as naive, when meekness is imagined to be weakness, and men would rather be those who persecute than those who suffer persecution, we have fallen to an abysmal depth. What is this fellowship of the Spirit in a faithless age, save that which only the Lord himself sustains? Still, the Lord calls us into the fellowship of his kingdom, and blesses us beyond measure. Our eyes perceive the weakness of Christ's church and the seeming scarcity of his saints. The saints are a remnant in the midst of a fallen land. But where men see a small, even pitiful church, Christ beholds his beloved bride. The heavenly picture reveals the bride of Christ as she truly is. For thus we read in Revelation, the seventh chapter, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with bright white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. The steady accumulation of the fellowship of the saints across the generations, despised by the world, scorned for their virtue, in the kingdom of heaven is a multitude, which no one could number. The faithful band, the humble church, is revealed in her glory beyond the veil of tears which is this world. Who is this host in white? These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. From the death of Abel to that of the final martyr, we behold the accumulation of the saints in glory. The world does not, cannot, comprehend the true nature of the church, for she is all but utterly veiled from the eyes of mortal men. The great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, are the saints of the triune God, gathered from roughly six thousand years of this world's history, from the garden to this day. Each year, more from the saints of our own generation, go to be with the Lord. They have joined to that, been joined to that triumphant band, and we give thanks to the Lord for his mercy which endures forever. The hope of the church is not in ourselves, our works, our faithfulness. On account of our sins, we do not bear the witness that we should. For these offenses against God, in thought and word and deed, we must repent before the Lord. We are unworthy of the fellowship to which the Lord has called us. Repent and believe in him who has paid for the full measure of sin, whose innocent blood was shed to redeem the guilty from death. The cost has been paid in full. Those who die in the Lord, who are thus called his saints, are counted as righteous for the sake of Christ, in whom they believe, and are therefore made partakers by grace through faith. If you are to look for the fulfillment of the Beatitudes, look to Christ alone, who is the only one who so fulfilled all the virtues. Our consolation is not in our ability to fulfill those Beatitudes, but in him who perfectly fulfilled the will and word of God. Jesus gives to us the word of his gospel, the good news of his death for us, 
so that we know that by the grace of God alone we are made partakers of eternal life in Christ Jesus, who rose again from the dead. The Lord declares to us that which is, into which we have been, we have been called, by the work of the Holy Spirit through the Word, joined to our Lord through baptism into Christ Jesus. We are part of the fellowship of his church, having the hope of eternal life in him who was slain and rose again for us and for our salvation. The Lord calls us into the fellowship of his kingdom and blesses us beyond measure. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the song of the church in glory and is echoed by the church militant in this veil of tears. We who have been made partakers of the grace of God in holy baptism, having our sins washed away, come again to the church and confess. Come again and receive the mercy of the triune God, who gives to us pardon and peace and eternal life, to us and to all who believe and are baptized. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, who hast knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ Jesus our Lord, grant us grace so to follow thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to join them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Salem was located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308. After the divine service, we have our Bible study, and this week we are concluding our study of St. Peter's First Epistle. On Wednesday mornings, we also have a matin service at 11 a.m., and we invite you to join us then as well. Salem is a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Diocese of North America, and we invite you to learn more about our fellowship via our diocesan website, www.eldona.org. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.